Isn't it good to be here this morning? God has so much in store for us here and now. I hope you're ready. Because otherwise, you'll just keep coasting. And think about even the term coasting. What is it? It's just remaining at the same speed, right? And if you're in a car, not pressing on a gas pedal, the only way to coast is if you're going downhill. So let's not choose that, huh? Is there another option in this life? What to do right here? There is. And it's called worship. And friends, can I say that this journey for me in studying worship, specifically what it is, and also why in the world we sing at church, it has been such a journey for me, one that I can't wait to take with you because I think as we come to understand what it is, We'll stop coasting. Do you guys remember the game of life? <laughs> the little board game, you got the little plastic car, and then you get the little stick with like a little head bob, and then you just kind of stick it in there, and then you get the first stop sign, right? And then, and then you get married. And then, and then uh, if you're me, you kind of like have him drive. <clears throat> and, then, and then you go to the next stop sign, and it's your job, and you get to pick a, the job. And then you get to find out how much you make, and then they just give you a house because you worked for it. And then... You continue on with your life going through stop sign to stop sign. And we've experienced this, right? You go through life, you get to high school, and then you go to college, maybe, or you go career route, and then you choose this. You hopefully find a spouse, and you do all these different things. And we kind of just conform to the pattern of the world. And my friends, God has brought us here this morning and for the next couple weeks to stay. Don't coast. Don't go downhill. Dig in because I have something I've created for you. Friends, and that thing is worship. And since worship existed long before we did, we should probably not take our cues from ourselves. So would you join me, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is written by a guy named Paul. This guy named Paul gives me a lot of hope. Why? Because he has a past. And I don't know about you, but I can relate a lot more to someone with a past than someone who's perfect. I'm trying to become like the one who was perfect, but in the meantime, I can relate to Paul who has a past. And he writes this letter to us, and he specifically spends the first two verses in Romans chapter 12 defining worship when he says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He begins this line by saying, therefore, in view of what God's already done, worship. So where does worship begin? Worship begins the moment you get God in view. That's where it starts. I worked at a church, and I loved at that particular church, we used to have this sign in the parking lot. And it said, worship begins here. And the reason I loved this sign is because it wasn't when the first strum of the guitar began that worship began. See, what they wanted to say was, no, 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 worship begins 
wherever you think about God. It can begin in the parking lot, because did you realize it can be an act of worship how you walk from your car to get inside these doors? And it's not just when you're a greeter, maybe it's how you respond to the greeter. Did you know that all of life can be worship? And how does it start? You get God in view. And the reason I love the sign is because you'd have the workers who, as soon as everyone entered into church, they'd take the sign and they'd turn it around to make sure on your way out you didn't forget worship begins there too. Friends, worship is possible in your homes if you get God in view. Otherwise, you'll just coast. And I am here to deliver the news that you don't have to live like that. You don't have to just wake up, just get started, check your email, and get on the phone, and take care of your children, and provide food, and make sure you hopefully eat, and then you go to work, but you already started work on your emails, and then you go through the day, and then you get home, and then you you have to get through the dinner meal, you get through everything that's going, then you fall asleep just to do it all over again. Friends, there's more. And can I tell you what it is? It's when God is in view. Worship begins at the place you put God in view. But if you're anything like me, I tend to forget. I walk into a worship service and I'm excited and and passionate and I walk out and they go, how was it? And I go, it was great. And they say, good, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, it was great. (laughs) So I had to create these markers in my mind because by Paul's definition, worship is simply our response, our full body response, our full life response to who God is and what he's done. And so I started to create these markers in my own life. In fact, one of those markers, as crazy as it is, is stop signs. Stop signs. I played it in the game of life. I grew up with it. And I thought, what if I used that as a trigger? Because I don't know about you, but I tend to hurry through life. Am I alone on that one? Are you having a hard time with how slow I'm talking? It's you. And I, would, I started doing something crazy at stop signs. At least it's crazy in California. <clears throat> I'd stop at them. (laughs) I know. But imagine, and I use it every time. Why? Because worship begins anytime God's in view, and I've allowed every single stop sign to remind me, slow down, stop, and consider. You don't have to rush through this life. I picture so much worship happening around the city of Chicago because you take this seriously at every stop sign. Imagine praying for the person that goes by slow down. How do you remember to get God in view? For me, it's a stop sign. But it doesn't stop with stop signs. I remember hearing a really inspiring message on praying for other people, but I'm prone to forget. And so what I chose to do is, what's something I do every day, almost every day? Floss. Every once in a while. Okay, so floss. And I decided that every single time I floss, I'm going to pray for other people. I have to create these triggers in my life. Otherwise, I am prone to forget. Oh, another one, because worship begins any place you get God in view. I work at a church, and for me to get to my office, I have to take an elevator. And so for me, I decided worship begins there. And can I tell you what I do in that elevator? I prepare my heart for worship. Can I tell you the receptionist notices when I get to that floor, and I don't just merely walk past her as a person, but I see her as a gift. Friends, the last one I do in my own life, my driveway has become worship begins here. Can I tell you why? Because I don't want to coast with my family. And I don't think you do either. And I think you can be excited about this idea of worship and we can, we can choose to forget too. If we don't pre- create these markers in our life, for me, 
I pull into my driveway and I sit for 30 seconds. Before coasting into the front door, I say, Lord, help me remember. Give me the energy to see my kids in the eyes. Worship begins the moment you get God in view. In fact, worship is what you do when God is in view. So what are we called to do? Good, Paul continues, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Don't conform to the world. In other words, bring your body and please God, not others. And isn't that hard, my people pleasers in the room? Worship is our whole selves, bringing our whole selves to God. Why our whole selves? Because I used to teach health education at a university level. And I used to argue on that first day that when we reference our bodies and living healthy with our lives, we can't just talk about our physical bodies. Why? Because you can look good in spandex and have no friends. And I'd argue, not healthy. <laughs> what is he talking about, our full self? It's our physical bodies. Are you willing to try something new? If God had control of your body, what would he do? Who would you hug? If, if you gave him control of your legs, where would he take you? If you gave him control of your eyes, what would you stop looking at? Friends, it's our whole body, but it's not just that. It's also our minds. That's why worship through music is so profound because we're not just using our bodies. We're using our minds. We're using our emotions, and that's the power. See, worship is our full body, our full life response to who God is and what he's done. And with that in mind, I did want to tackle the first week of a few talking about this topic of worship. I wanted to tackle not just what worship is, but also why we sing. Because with that definition of worship, worship can and should be everywhere. But why do we specifically do it in church? And with that definition in mind, it is because God created music to engage our full self. Don't believe me? I'll prove it to you. <laughs> Let's give some examples of how God created music to engage not just our bodies, not just our minds, not just our emotions, but also our memory. Think about it. Kids, children, three-year-olds memorize their ABCs because it's set to music, not because it's particularly easy to memorize 26 symbols and their unique names at the age of three. Have you thought about it? What is it? It's music. And it has the power to engage. We're also gonna make this time a little interactive. Why? Because I can. And because if I merely say something in this service, best case scenario, you understand. And if you're not writing it down, you forget 85% of it within three days. Uh-oh. So if I say something, you can understand it. If you say something, though, guess what? You're going to remember it. How do I know? Have you ever raised your hand in a seminar or maybe in school and then said something and then you spend the rest of the class thinking or critiquing or being very proud of what you just said? Am I right? Why? Because you said it. If I say something, you understand. If you say something, you remember it. If you discover something, you own it. And friends, you're only going to act on what you own, not what you agree with. The purpose of the message, if it doesn't lead to a place of discovering worship, I believe it's a miss. So we're going to make this interactive. Let's see how memory engages. Let's start with our minds. I'm going to start, and I'm going to commit to singing. You are welcome. And 
as I do, I hope that you're willing to respond back to me. Otherwise, it's going to be embarrassing solos. Are you in? I hope so. All you need is love. It's higher than you thought, right? I know. How'd you know that all you need, four words led you to the next one? It engages our minds when we're not paying attention. By the way, marketers have learned this. Ready? We are farmers. <laughs> Some of you didn't even realize, like, bum, 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 bum. what in the world? It's music, it's very powerful. God knew that, which is why he created it and said, I want to engage more than your mind. I want the message of Christ. In Colossians 3, chapter 16, Paul writes another letter. And in this time, he's addressing all Christian gathered communities. And for 2,000 years, we've been doing the same thing ever since. And this is what he says, Colossians 3, 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns and songs from the spirit singing to God with gratitude in our heart why did God create music so that the message of Christ could dwell in us richly as it engages not just our memory but also our minds and our bodies I got one more for you and this one's going to take a lot of commitment are you into it maybe we'll do a warm-up one we'll do a warm-up one okay so we got sweet Caroline last one we're halfway there. Oh, what just happened? It engages our minds. God created worship so that it could engage our full self, not just our minds, also our emotions. Watch this. This is just a picture of an ocean. It's kind of nice. It's beautiful. Look how the sun enters in. It's really a good picture until... What? <laughs> Suddenly that shark feels a little bit closer. What is it? It's the power of music. And it's Jaws. Jaws, by the way, that picture, not so scary until you get that anticipation buildup with the music. Am I right? Have you ever seen a movie without music? It's a little bit boring. You don't know who's the bad guy right away, right? <laughs> How about this one? Here's a picture of a boat. Pretty average boat. And then suddenly, it's just a nice picture of an old boat until. <laughs> okay. Suddenly, it goes from a picture of a boat to the hint of a love story. And also a critique on whether or not Jack could have actually fit on it. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. He could have fit. She's selfish. But <laughs> friends, Titanic, if you think about it, it's a boring and tragic documentary until you add a penny whistle. Why? God created music to engage our full self. Not just our minds, not just our memories, not just our emotions, but also our bodies. If you'll let him, if you'll give it to him as an act of worship. My husband works in an emergency room. One of, I would argue, one of the most tense, stressful, anxiety-building environments. And can I tell you, he told me a story recently of someone who was just physically out of control because of pain. Do you want to know what he did? 
They tried doing just different medicine. They were going about exactly the doctor's orders. And then my husband looked up his year of birth, added 21 years, and then went to Billboard's Top 100 and played song number one. And this is what he found, is someone that felt out of control suddenly began to find peace. Music is powerful. You know this. You've seen it build. You've seen it lead you to places, and that's why he created it. Why do we sing? Because God created music to engage our full self if you'll let him, and if you let him, it will be worship. Which is why, by the way, he didn't just, he didn't just create it, he also commands it. And it's interesting because God himself, who has everything he needs in and of himself, gives us commands. And because God doesn't need anything from us, it proves that God actually commands worship for us. Why? Because even the word worship comes from the word worth shape. In other words, you are shaped by what you find worthy of it. And by the way, God knew when he created everything, he created us to worship, but here's the problem. Romans chapter one, same letter. Romans, uh, Paul says this in Romans 1.25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they began to worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. And this is problematic, friends, and this is a big urgent moment and caution is this. Whatever you find worthy of value, you will naturally worship. God built you to worship. And the problem with it is, why we have to address it in church is because what we choose to worship will shape us. If you worship money, your decisions will be shaped by making more of it. If you worship the acceptance from other people, you will choose to please them over please him every time. And that's why God is urgent to command it. And if you want in this room to be shaped by God, you must worship. And by the way, this whole God wants to shape us during worship is profound. Here's why. It changes how we go about singing. Think about it. For years, I used to think that the worship time through song in church was meant to be just one direction, us singing to God, right? And with that definition, what's the purpose of repetition? If it's just me singing to God and God has nothing to do with shaping me, if it's just one directional, the purpose of repetition is this, mean it more. Okay, this time I'm gonna mean it more. No, no, mean it more. Have you felt the pressure to perform? Can I tell you something that I hope brings about some freedom for you? God is moving in worship too. Why? Because of how he created it and why he commanded it is because he wants to shape us through it too. And if that's the case, worship goes from us to him and he's doing something to us in the process, then suddenly the purpose of repetition is not mean it more, it's shape me more, change me more. By that lyric, make me more aware of who you are. And when that's the case, we become the best version of ourselves. Friends, God commanded it, not because he needs it, but because we need it. In fact, that's why he commands it over and over and over and over again. In fact, going into this study, I'm looking at singing and worship, and I began to study how many times he commands it. 
And then that took me on a trail to say, what are all the commands God gives? And I thought one of the most popular ones would be love each other, right? That's like the Christian message, right? That one's in there 11 times, 11 separate times God commands people to love each other. How about love God? Good, good, good. That's more. And by the way, Jesus clarifies, that's the most important. So how many times does it say love God? 13 times. You ready for this though? How many times, or what's the number two most popular encouragement or command in the Bible? 250 times God commands or encourages us to praise the Lord. Oh, the only one that beats it, number one, is the number one encouragement or command from God is this. Don't fear. Fear not or do not be afraid. That one's in there 365 times. The same number of days in a year. It's almost as if God knew who he was speaking to. <laughs> right? Oh, oh, this gets me. While it's not always a command, in the Bible, the word worship is mentioned 509 times. God takes this very seriously and made me wonder. I sat back and I said, wow, praise and worship and fear. And I wondered if they're all connected. Friends, this is really good news. Lean in with me to Acts chapter 16, where we get to see the author of Romans, this guy named Paul, and how these three things collided in his life and what it led to. Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, just a little context, Paul is with his friend Silas, and they're unjustly imprisoned for the sake of the gospel. And what do they do while they're literally in prison? Oh, they sing in worship. Verse 25 says this, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and all the other prisoners were listening to them. Get ready. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. In other words, Paul and Silas did not let the prison shake the foundation of their worship. They let their worship shake the foundation of the prison they were in. Through singing, friends, why did God command us to worship? Because we need to be set free. Friends, and he commands it in every season because here's the deal. Freedom can give birth to singing, but also singing can give birth to freedom. If you find yourself not feeling free, feeling self-conscious, so aware of yourself, would you worship and sing? And if you already have found the freedom in Christ, would you sing the avenues all point to one direction, why God commanded it 509 times he mentioned it because he knew that we needed it. Friends, we can all know the truths of God in our minds, but I have a feeling in a room this size, you can know that you're forgiven, but I wonder if you're walking in freedom. And so he commands it. And here's where it gets really good. He doesn't just command it for you. Check it out. Verse 34. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. Wait a second. The jailer of the prison said, come over to my house. <laughs> Why? Because he was filled 
with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. See, not only do we need it, so do the people around you. Friends, Colossians 3.16, pay very close attention when it talks about this. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish. What's the next two words? You cannot one another yourself. <laughs> Friends, God actually commands us to worship through song corporately. Why? Because the reality is some of us have walked in this do these doors and you read the lyrics on the screen and although you know that they're true, they don't match up with your experience. And I think we can all agree that our feelings, <laughs> our feelings aren't the best indicator of truth, but at the same time, God cares about our full selves. And this is the beauty of worshiping in community. See, what you have the power to do, friends, if someone around you is struggling, here's what you have the power to do. With your voice, you have the power to lift someone else's view. Do you know how powerful that is for someone else? See, your singing may not just be for you. We're gonna actually obey. I am inviting us this morning to say yes to God's commands to sing corporately. We're gonna try a song together and then I'm gonna finish the message. But before we do, I want us to try something new. I want us to consider before we go into this next song, we're gonna sing the song, Come Lord Jesus Come. And as we sing it, I want you to choose because God commanded it corporately. He didn't just create it to engage our full self. He commanded it because we need it, we need it. I want you to decide whether this next song is going to be you giving or receiving. Because guess what? One of the best gifts of grace is each other. And we can agree with that point in the message or we can embrace it. But it matters, by the way, to be known in this way because we can't carry one another in worship if we're not known. So here's what I would love to do. If you're someone that walks in and goes, it's been a tough week or a tough season, a tough year, a tough decade, here's the best part. God knew and wants to meet you there. Just right there, don't fake it. You don't have to perform for the one who already knows your heart completely. Would you just sit and receive from the people around you that want to sing words of worship over you? And then secondly, if you're gonna be someone to give during this time, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sing this over someone specific. It might be someone sitting around you. It might be someone else. I imagine moments like this. Come, Lord Jesus, come in their marriage. Come, Lord Jesus, come in her body because of the cancer. <gasps> what a gift we can be to each other. Friends, we're gonna worship together with one song, and then I'm gonna give our final point in the message. But again, choose whether to receive or to give, because God is pleased and he commands it because oh, we need it. So make that decision, take a few seconds, make that decision which one you're going to do. And again, if you're going to give, give specific. Keep someone in mind, maybe someone around you, maybe someone somewhere else, and give it away. And let me get back to Paul's original words. Give them your full self, think on them. 
emotions. Allow your body the emotions to feel. Ladies, let's stop apologizing for our tears. He wants to engage it all. And our bodies even too. If you want to stand, by all means. If you want to sit, by all means. Just respond with our full selves. Why? He created it to engage your full self. And he commanded it because you need it and so do they. So let's worship with one song together. your heart in the stream of a life let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of his mercy as deep cries out to
Why do we sing? We sing not just because he created it, not just because he commands it, but ultimately we sing because he deserves it. Friends, oh. I shouldn't have called out the crying ladies. <laughs> but can I just tell you, Romans chapter 12 begins like this. Therefore, and can I tell you what the therefore is there for? The therefore is there because everything we do in worship is a response to what Jesus has already done. But friends, can I tell you, this is freeing because it takes off the pressure to perform. See, every, every other religion out there says, come, give everything then you'll be accepted. In Christianity, the reverse is true. He came, he gave everything so you could be accepted. We sing because he created it because he knew how it would have an effect on us. He commanded it because he knew that we need it and he deserves it, which is why we sing in response. Friends, this is why I, my husband and I named our littlest boy Jedediah. Here's a little picture of little Jed. There he is. That's my boy. And the reason we named him Jedediah is for this very reason. Let me explain. The name Jedediah means beloved of God. And what I love about that name is each time we say his name, we're telling him, already loved. Already loved. You don't have to do anything to be loved. That's why we named him that. And as I was praying over little Jed, and I'm praying and I'm going, how does he live already loved? How does he live already accepted? And it's to understand this truth, that everything we do as an action is a response to God's pursuit. You see, the only reason we surrender our life is in response to God surrendering his. In fact, there's nothing God asks of us that he hasn't already given for us. Why does he ask us to sacrifice our life? Because he sacrificed his. He forgives you, therefore repent. He saves, therefore surrender. He cares, therefore be honest with him. Don't fake it. He moves. And as I was praying for Jed, and I wanted to know this, here's the picture I had in my mind, and it was of the token little boy. The token little boy walks up to the baseball plate, and he has his bat, and then here's what happens is he hits the home run, and then the dad stands up and yells, that's my boy. And here's what I pray for little Jed. I pray that as he approaches the plate of life, that he would acknowledge, and you church would acknowledge in this moment, that before you take a swing, your heavenly father stands up in the stands and goes, that's my kid. Before you take a swing. Friends, God loves you before you hit the home run for him. God, and this is where it gets crazy. He loves you even before you strike out, knowing that you will, and that he'll love you even after it. Some of you have a hard time worshiping because you just keep striking out. I have good news. He stands up and says, you're already loved and you're already mine, not because of anything you did, but because of what my son did. 
And now, with his love, his pursuit, his undeserved grace, his mercy, his power, his loving kindness to you, therefore, huh, we, should, we should worship. <laughs> you see, we don't worship God because he's pleased with it. We worship God because he's pleased before it. And that gives us the work, the freedom to worship. Friends, we're going to go into a time, and I know this is a little unique, of worship in response. Why? Because he created music to engage all of us if we give him all of us. He commanded it because you need it, and so do the people around you. And he deserves it. Everything you do is in response to what's already been accomplished. And with all that's been accomplished in our minds, in our focus, would you stop? Acknowledge what he's done and offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And with that in view, would you stand as a church body and let us worship in response? It's your breath in our
worship and praise. I mean, Megan was talking about a, a, a full-bodied expression. And we're just going to sing this one more time, and then Pastor Gillen's going to come up and close us out. But can we sing this with full strength and just full devotion to Jesus in response for what he's done for us? That he's a risen king, and it's because he's a risen king that we're saved and that we can be with him. Let's lift up our hallelujah to him. Oh. 